0: Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Love to Tell the Story podcast. I'm Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire. Way, way back when, on one of the very first Christmases, I served as a student pastor of a small church up in northern Maine, I got the idea to let the children of our little Sunday school create their own Christmas pageant for the congregation. Although there were those, including a few of the parents, who compared such a notion to, shall we say, handing the asylum over to the inmates, looking back on it now, it actually was both a fun and meaningful experience for everyone. One of the older kids wrote a script, and they doled out parts amongst themselves which was pretty interesting, because I was soon to learn that there was a well-established line of succession as to who would play Mary and Joseph from year to year, and I soon found out that no mere minister was ever going to mess with that. And at a couple of after-school rehearsals where I served not only as the minister and guitar accompanist, but also as a kid wrangler, a dozen or so children fleshed out a program that, modesty forbid, was the envy of every other church pageant in town. Not that it went perfectly, mind you. There were preschool angels who missed their cues and sang off-key, not to mention the little girl who wouldn't wear her angel robe because she had this beautiful new frilly dress for Christmas and wasn't about to cover it up. And while that was understandable... When we finally did just let her wear the dress while wearing tinfoil wings and a tinsel halo on her head, she then proceeded to pull the dress up over her head through the entire pageant, much to the delight of the audience. And then there were the shepherds who muffed their lines and used their shepherd's staff as Jedi lightsabers. And there was a wise man who couldn't quite pronounce the word frankincense. Folks, I'm here to tell you, it was decidedly not a Broadway-caliber production. But you know what? Nobody noticed, and nobody minded. The little mistake simply added to the charm, and ultimately to the utter honesty of what those children had created. But the highlight of it all, and the reason I still think about it after all these years, came when the little boy who was playing Joseph, little boy whose name was Travis and who was this bright-eyed, red-headed fireball well known in this church for speaking his mind during the children's sermon every Sunday, sometimes to the embarrassment of his parents, brought Mary to this infamous inn where there was no room. To begin with, Travis was at an age where girls were considered little more than a plague, and so he let everybody know his distaste for the girl who played Mary by literally running 10 feet ahead of her on the journey to Bethlehem, which was, by the way, twice around the sanctuary, taking a left at the kitchen door. I am telling you, the faster that Mary went to catch up, the faster Travis ran. But when both parties eventually arrived at the inn, only to find out, of course, that the only option available to them was the stable out back, Travis's demeanor suddenly changed. To this day, I'm not sure if he had forgotten the line, or if perhaps the power of that old, old story had suddenly gotten through to him. But Travis gave the innkeeper a wholly disgusted look and shaking his finger said in a loud and fairly angry voice, now listen, there's no way that my wife's having a baby in any dirty, smelly old cow shack, which if you think about it might well have been just the way Joseph and Mary for that matter reacted on that night in Bethlehem so long ago. At its heart, you see, the story of Christmas is actually a quiet, simple, and earthy story. The central characters are two young and impoverished teenagers, weary and scared after having made a long and difficult journey. The setting is a cold, damp, and lonely stable, a world away from the warm and dry interior of a nearby inn, where others who had traveled to Bethlehem for that government-imposed census were comfortable and well-fed and there in the darkness of the night a baby was born. But there were no flowers or balloons celebrating his arrival. In fact, aside from some shepherds, a few animals, and later on a trio of visitors from the east, little notice was even paid to this particular birth. Nor was the child showered with all the usual gifts that served to keep a baby warm, safe, and happy. There were only rags with which to wrap him, and a bed of hay on which he slept while two new parents nervously stared at this newborn in utter amazement, sustained by the joyous hope that the light of a star and the presence of heavenly angels would keep this little one safe through this cold, dark night. This was no place for a baby to be born, much less a Messiah. And yet here is exactly where God comes, right in the middle of the worst imaginable place, right in the darkest corner of our lives and living. The Nativity, you see, was a sign of God's commitment and love to the world, personified in the person of Jesus of Nazareth, who would share our common joys and struggles, carrying our pain and our sin as his own, even unto the cross. It's no wonder that he was called Emmanuel, that name that means God with us, because in every way that matters, he was with us, and he is with us. The wonder and joy of Christmas is that no matter who we are and no matter where we happen to be on our journey of life, God comes there to embrace us. There is no struggle that we go through that's too great, no anger or regret in our lives so large that it keeps us apart from the divine presence that's with us in Jesus Christ. Whereas colored lights, brightly wrapped packages, holiday music, and all the rest of it are wonderfully celebratory symbols. It's only when we receive God's gift of himself that Christmas truly holds meaning for us. Only when Christ's coming is at the center of our activities throughout this season can we ever hope that the Christmas spirit will last beyond the holidays. My hope and prayer for all of us as Christmas 2021 approaches is that somewhere inside of ourselves, that story of Christ's birth will get to us that it'll get to us in such a way that we find ourselves becoming absolutely incredulous that Jesus was born in some dirty, smelly old cow shack. Because you know what? That'll be the first sign that Christmas has not, in fact, been given over to the partygoers and the merchandisers and all the purveyors of slick plastic cheer. Nor will it be diminished by the troubles of the swiftly moving world but rather it will affirm the conviction that despite whatever the world might try to do to it, Christmas remains a warm light in the cold and darkness. May each one of us, in understanding Christmas as that sign of God's great and redeeming love, God's presence with us, celebrate it by personally welcoming him into our hearts and lives. And, might I add, not just one day a year, but each and every day of our lives. And that brings us to the close of this episode of the Love to Tell the Story podcast. I'm Michael Lowry, and I thank you for listening today. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.